Well, guys, here we are. Welcome back. Episode 4 The Lightning Show. Happy to do this again. Two weeks in a row. Not taking a week off. Trying not to take a week off. My boy Tom Dre has got it going now. He's got a handle on his schedule. My man's doing classes at UCLA. Um, working in different TV productions. So my man's kicking it out there in Los Angeles. But here we are. Episode 4. Getting ready to kick it off. Got some news in college football. Got some crazy things going around in the NFL. Uh, but we'll get to all that here in episode four. Of course, things, you know, around college football this week, and actually the last couple weeks have been swirling around um, Kelly Bryan and, and Clemson and that whole situation. But we'll get into that here in a little bit. Um, but, you know, some rivalry weeks, for some it's not. Um, you know, it's the middle of the year. So it's kind of quiet for some teams. They're kind of just getting into conference play and still playing some cupcake teams here and there. But, of course, this week, the Red River rivalry out in Texas. Uh, you got number 19, Texas, taking on number 7, Oklahoma. Um, of course, Texas playing hot right now. Um, it's a rivalry game, so, of course, they're going to play up to their competition. I mean, Oklahoma's on another level right now. Uh, Kyler Murray's just playing the lights out. You know, two weeks ago, Oklahoma struggled against Army for whatever reason. Of course, the triple option isn't easy to stop, but they ended up taking care of business last week, blew out Baylor. Um, but, you know, to be, in my honest opinion, I think this year um, Oklahoma's a real contender. They were last year with Baker Mayfield, but I think Kyler Murray is almost on that same level. He's just out there throwing the ball all around the field. He's running all over the place, running guys in circles. So I think he's going to have a big year, or, I mean, on top of what already is already. Uh, and I think their defense is pretty good. Uh, and I think they're going to get that um, train really rolling here when it gets closer to the end of the season and possibly into the playoff. Uh, you got another one, number four, Clemson at Wake Forest. Doesn't seem like a big game. However, the quarterback controversy, aside from Kelly Bryant, of course, Clemson chose freshman Trevor Lawrence, who in that Syracuse game um, hurt his neck uh, and shoulder area. Also was tested for a concussion from what I was reading from on the news and Sports Center and stuff like that. He was at practice yesterday. It was a light practice for him yesterday. Um, but they have that other freshman, Bryce, who won them, ended up winning them the game. Had, you know, started off slow, started off cold, but then got hot once he got comfortable. And, of course, the offense got comfortable with him. And, of course, their defense is just phenomenal. Their front four more than likely are going to go um, in the top or in, in, at least in the first round, probably maybe one or two of them will go top 10. You know, but they take on a Wake Forest team um, who's been playing decent this year, who's given some teams a run for their money. Um, but, you know, their their game against Notre Dame, which they did host, could have been a really big game for them, at least, you know, held the Irish to, you know, under 30 points. But, you know, the Irish just ran away with that one. But, um, you know, it might be a little bit of a trap game for Clemson. They got to go two, uh, Wake Forest. You never know what happens with that. Uh, but Syracuse, I mean, excuse me, Clemson. You know, they got they got a quarterback controversy to figure out, uh, and it's either going to be one of the other freshmen, either Bryce or Trevor Lawrence. So we'll see what happens with that. But I think they got to get that uh, whole situation figured out. Got another big game down in the swamp. Like I've mentioned before in my other podcast, I mean, LSU's all the way up to number five in the nation now, taking on number 22, Florida. But I think 
Coach O has something brewing down there in the bayou, and I'm not talking about gumbo. I'm talking about something crazy with his football team. I don't know what's going on with LSU, but they are on a high horse right now. They're playing phenomenally. Um, but, you know, they do got to take on Florida down in the swamp. Dan Mullen and his boys got back-to-back big wins um, over uh, Mississippi State and Tennessee. So, you know, we'll see what happens with that. But I think that'll be a good game. Uh, I think it'll be a close game um, all the way to the end. You know, we'll see what happens with that. Maybe a walk-off touchdown. Who knows? Um, then you got number 22, Kentucky, take at uh, Texas A&M. Uh, Kentucky uh, also riding their high horse right now. They're 5-0. They believe in what they're doing. A lot of people in the SEC are, are still skeptical about what they're doing, but they're playing really, really good football right now. They're handling business. They're 5-0, and and they've beaten some SEC teams that they probably shouldn't have. I mean, they ended that losing streak to Florida a few weeks ago. They beat South Carolina last week. So, you know, they've they've played some tough opponents, and they've taken care of business, but they also take on a Texas A&M Jimbo Fisher team, who, of course, is always disciplined, who's always a good football team. The offense, it's clicking right now for him and his boys. The defense is there as well. So we'll see what happens with that. But I think Kentucky's riding a high horse right now. They may pull up the upset, even though they're ranked. I still, you know, feel that they may pull up the upset. And then you got number eight, Auburn, uh, headed down to uh, Mississippi State. Not a huge game for Auburn. Should be able to handle business, but it's a, you know, it's one of those be careful games because, you know, Mississippi State, you know, they might be three and two. I think they're a little bit better than that. Their new coach has them on a high horse right now. I mean, they're three and two, like I said, but they're they're getting things figured out, and I think they're really really confident. So that's just a, a game that Auburn's going to have to take really serious. And I think if they do, I think they'll blow Mississippi out of their own spot. But just it's that's a be careful game. Uh, then you got number six Notre Dame at Virginia Tech. I think that's um, going to be a fun game. That's the 8, eight o'clock primetime uh, ABC game. I think that'll be a fun one. Brian Kelly's got Notre Dame back to where he had him, you know, prior to the national championship year um, in 2012. And uh, now I think he's got them back. He's got them motivated again. They're playing, you know, I mean, they're playing for Notre Dame, one of, one of the most storied um programs in the nation of course but you know Blacksburg is not an easy place to play especially at night they get that place rocking get that place rolling so we'll see what happens with that but Notre Dame better watch out I can understand people are like oh well Virginia Tech lost to Old Dominion that was on a fluke their starting quarterback also broke his ankle in half during that game so they didn't have him the rest of the game uh you know so that that should be a fun one I uh I think that um is a nice little night game. Before I um I get into the Florida State, of course, Florida State Miami rivalry that's uh this weekend, Saturday, three thirty down in Miami. I wanna get into this tweet that I read and it's about um Willie Taggart, Scott Frost, and Chip Kelly. Three of the twenty one brand new coaching hires of this year. Um, of course, you got Kevin Sumlin in Arizona. You got Jimbo at Texas A&M. You got Josh Heupel taking over for Scott Frost at UCF. I mean, you got plenty coaching hires that happened this year. And of course, you know people are just have this have this um, magnifying glass on on what Willie's doing, on what Scott Frost is doing, on what Chip Kelly's doing at UCLA. And 
this girl tweeted, and I think it was a great tweet. I even retweeted it, said amen to it, everything like that. And she pictured all three of the coaches, and it said, only one of these coaches has a winning record through week five. The other two are winless. My point is not to put them down, put down any program, but to remind people that rebuilding a college football program in your system with your type of players takes time. Fans who are hating need to give the process time. I completely agree with that. That's also why I said amen. Um, everybody has to remember Rome was not built in one day. A brand new system in college football with with the athletes, how I'm not saying all of them are immature, but what I'm saying is is they're still young. They're still children. Some of them are still only 18, 19 years old. And when you're in a system for two, three, maybe four years, if you get that fifth year option with a new coach at your school, it, it's really tough to learn a new system. And, and a lot of times, you know, you, you only get that coach in spring football and through the summer. And that always really doesn't work, especially when spring football, not everybody plays, um, not everybody's involved. Some of your star players even sit out. And it's some even players that who might not even be on your team come the fall. And of two summer workouts and fall camp and everything like that, it doesn't really become real until you hit somebody else, until you hit a different color. And when you're trying to implement a new system offensively or defensively, it's going to take time. Not all these players can catch up at a, at a certain speed to get with these new programs. I'm not saying these athletes are dumb. What I'm saying is... You are so used to one system from one coach, one philosophy from one coach, and you're having having to transition to another. And I think that tweet by that woman hit the nail on the head. I think people need to relax. I think fans need to relax because because Rome was not built in one day. Neither is a college football reprogramming. Okay, so I think everybody needs to take a deep breath, let this all play out. Of course. You know, Florida State fans are a little happier right now than than Nebraska fans and UCLA fans because, you know, they're winless. We have three wins. I mean, our record's the same as Jimbo's at Texas A&M. Both teams are three and two. So we're, you know, all these programs are trying to move into the right direction. They're trying to get things started, trying to get things going so that they can have a successful program. You got to remember, too. All these players at this these schools that are brand new aren't any of these coaches' players. They did not get recruited by the coach that's there now. So you have to remember these kids who came to play that are that chose to stick it out with this new coach did not come to this to the university to play, any university to play for the head coach, the current head coach. Okay, so you got to give these teams a time. You got to give these teams a chance. Okay, and we have to move forward. As fans, if you really want to coach out, then you're not a real fan. If you're spoiled from all the winning that the program did in the past, and you're you're not holding true right now because you know teams have lost two or, or haven't won any, that's really sad on your part. And it's time to move on. It's time to be strong for your team. It's trying to. It's time to support your team, and it's time to rally the troops, get everybody to the game, cheer, and and just be every bit of positive that you can be okay hold on just one more thing before i get into the florida state uh miami rivalry you know the 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 situation with kelly bryant i think in my opinion you know you go to college to be competitive i think now 
you or if you when you go play college sports, you go to compete. You go to compete with some of the best athletes in the nation that were high school all Americans. I mean, Under Armour all Americans, that U.S. U.S. Army all American, whatever. You go as a college football athlete. You go to compete to be the best to go out there, win a starting job, potentially win a national championship, and earn your way to the league. Now, I think, you know, do I want Kelly Bryant to be successful as a quarterback? Do I want him to live out his dream? Absolutely. I want everybody to succeed. Even though I don't even know him personally, I want everybody to succeed in life and to do what they love to do. However, I think that as an NCAA, as a, as universities, as whatever, We've given kids the option to just quit and give up and move on to something else. If, and this is no knock on Kelly Bryant because we know he's a competitor. He he took um, Clemson to the to the semifinal just last year. Only has like two losses as a starting quarterback. But where's the competitiveness competitiveness at? I mean, okay, you lost your spot to a true freshman who at the time was playing better than you. But here's the situation. Trevor Lawrence goes down in that Syracuse game. If you stay, guess who's next up in line? Kelly Bryant's next up in line, okay? And two, if you are a competitor and you do compete, you will earn your spot back. You, He was a was redshirt junior leader or junior leader, whatever it is, upperclassman leader who has won plenty enough ball games to solidify his spot as a starting quarterback. He wasn't playing hot at the time. Trevor Lawrence was. So Dabo Sweeney made the, made the choice to put him in, okay? And but now I think we're giving these kids an out. I say, "Oh, you know, if it doesn't work out here, go somewhere else." No, don't go anywhere else. Compete for that, especially if you're in the running to be a starter. Compete for that spot because you don't know what it's like to earn something unless you try to earn something. When you when you put forth every effort, when you put your heart into something, that's when it becomes just so valuable. And here People are just going to ride out because, you know, oh, I didn't I didn't get to start. I didn't get to play. It's because it's that time in age now where, you know, especially in high school, it, when they become that star athlete, they're just given everything. They're not disciplined. They're not reprimanded. They're, they're the star player on their team, more than likely the best player in their district, whatever. They're just, you know, oh, it's okay. Just it's okay. No, it's not okay. Compete for something. Earn something. Earn the right to be the starting quarterback or earn the right to be the starting wide receiver. Whatever it is, earn it. Don't just give up and move on and leave your freaking ball team hanging. F- fight for a spot. Do I mean, you, you, you chose to come to Clemson to be the guy. You sat behind Deshaun Watson. You learned so much. The man's a starting quarterback in the NFL now. And it's your time. But here... I don't even know how the rules work. From what they were saying on Saturday, he's still enrolled in school, so who knows if he'll come back. More than likely not. But Dabo Sweeney did say um, he would welcome Kelly Bryant back with open arms. However, after the game, in the post-game press conference, uh, one of the reporters asked about Kelly Bryant, and Dabo Sweeney cut it off. He said, I don't want to talk about Kelly Bryant anymore. We're moving on. And that's all well and good on Dabo Sweeney's part, but on Kelly Bryant's part, that's sad that... You left because you want to be the starter. Earn that right to be the starter. Do do what you need to do in the classroom. Do what you need to do in the weight room. Do what you need to do at practice. When your opportunity comes in the game, make the freaking most of it, and you will be the starter again. But obviously, 
that ship has sailed. It's already too late for Kelly Bryant. There, Clemson's moving on with two freshman quarterbacks that they both trust. Um, but it's not just it's not just Kelly Bryant. It's anybody who is out there and they just you know they don't feel like they're gonna start, so they want to go play for another school and this and this and that. Just compete, man. If 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 you love what you do, you'll compete for it. You'll put your heart into it. You'll ble- you'll bleed. You'll sweat. You'll cry for all this, and you'll earn everything that you you, you won't get. You will be giving nothing. You will earn it all. Now, Florida State, Miami, three thirty, ABC, down in the uh, Orange Bowl. Joe Robbie, pro player. Whatever you want to call it, whatever you grew up on, in that stadium, three thirty on ABC on Saturday. Um, you know, just a quick little, some fun facts about the Florida State Miami rivalry. Just to get into that real quick, they got sixty-two total meetings. First meeting was back October fifth, nineteen fifty-one. Miami won that game thirty-five to thirteen. So almost um, what uh, sixty-seven years ago? Sixty-seven years ago is almost to the day. Uh, Miami leads the all-time series, 32 to 30. Of course, Florida State has creeped up on that lead in the last uh, few years. What we all know about. Um, another little fun fact: largest margin of victory, 47 nothing. Uh, Miami in 1967, and then Florida State also 47 nothing in 1997. The longest win streaks in the series, um, both held by FSU. Both are seven games. First time it was 1963 to 1972. Second time, it was 2010 to 2016. Of course, as we all know, Miami came up to Tallahassee last year, handled business there, uh, and got out of that losing streak. But I think this will be a fun game. I think, of course, everybody gets up for a rivalry game. Of course, Florida State, Miami, down in the 305. Everybody's going to be there. I know all kinds of probably Key West people are going to be there. Because in my opinion, I feel like Key West is... It's probably majority Miami Hurricanes fans. Of course, we have a lot of Florida State, Florida fans, um, a lot of Florida State, Florida alum, uh, you know. So, uh, but there's a big gathering of University of Miami. Uh, there's some University of Miami alum down in Key West too. But of course, private school, little, um, little on the expensive side. So, uh, but regardless, we have alumni from all three big schools. But of course, this one. This rivalry, I think, means the most. Plenty of people are going to be there. Um, you know, I think this is going to be a fun game. It always is. It always has been. Uh, but I think Florida State, to get my honest opinion, they're getting it figured out, of course, offensively. Defensively, we're still trying to get there. You know, last week against Louisville, some big plays on third down, leaving guys open up the middle. Uh, if I mean, if Louisville's quarterback could have completed a pass, that game might have been a lot different. But of course, you know Miami's riding high. They're getting their swagger back. They're sitting at four and one, um, not to be you know messed up. But they haven't really played anybody big yet, except for LSU. And of course, they did lose to LSU. Um, but you know they're also going through some quarterback transitions of their own with uh, Malik Rozier and Nikosi Perry. Nikosi Perry being that freshman, um, they're still trying to get that figured out. But of course, this is a rivalry game. Everybody steps up for a rivalry game. And I think this, of course, will be another really, really good Florida State-Miami matchup. All right, guys, I got a um, special phone call uh, here from my boy, Tyler O'Brien. Um, 
he, we used to work together at Florida State for two football seasons, probably the best time of both of our lives, winning a national championship, multiple ACC championships. Uh, now he's a professional. I'm kind of half professional, but he's full professional now doing his thing. Tyler, how are you? Good, man. How's it going, stuff? Thanks oh, for having me. Absolutely. It's a, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. Appreciate it. Yeah, brother. So, so tell tell everybody um, where you're at now and what you're doing. Yeah, well, I am now the uh, head football equipment manager for the University of Pennsylvania, located in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. All right. And uh, how are the Penn Quakers doing this year? Doing good, man. Started up the season hot. Started up two and zero. Lost our first Ivy League game at Dartmouth and I can only hope we can get better yeah well so you know a lot of not a lot of people know what equipment staffs do and of course I mean they can look it up or you know but we grind that's pretty much what we do we grind uh, day in and day out hours on in and uh, everything like that me and you were uh, fortunate enough to be part of the 2013 football national championship team i mean you were there prior for a couple years you were there a couple years after that um so how long were you with florida state i was with florida state for five seasons from the 2011 season to 2015 2015 and a couple championships in there a few acc championships oh yeah um you know a lot of winning was involved and you know i was fortunate enough to work with you work alongside you um, and was able to work with the quarterbacks because not many people know this, but I was with the quarterbacks because Tyler couldn't snap a football. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, you know, uh, our assistant equipment manager asked around. I uh, raised my hand, said I could do it, showed I could do it, and uh, the rest is history, man. Me and you kind of took over and uh, did our thing at the quarterback position. Yeah, well, let me put this, put it this way. <laughs> I think I could snap. I think the quarterbacks wanted, you know, a little bit more spice in the ball. That's where you came along. You brought the energy. And I think, you know, I wasn't mature enough yet to take on that role. Maybe I was, maybe I wasn't. Um, but, you know, you coming along with me that 2013 season, I think uh, definitely I was able to bring that energy um, a little bit after that. Well, of course, you know, we were a dynamic duo. And, of course, the next year in 2014, I uh, moved over to the defensive side of the ball. And uh, you stayed with offense, and they seemed uh, the quarterback seemed pretty happy in 2014. So I didn't hear any complaints. Of course, we went undefeated again, took one off the chin in the Rose Bowl against Oregon. But that's here nor there. We pride ourselves on what we do in practice, and of course on uh, or in the equipment room. So you know, since we did spend those two years together, um, let's talk about you know our favorite our favorite coaches. Uh, I mean, you can start. I'll go after you, but let's talk about our favorites. Yeah, well, definitely. Uh, the one man that comes to mind when you ask that question uh, is definitely Randy Sanders. Oh, 100%. There's, uh, there's no one better that I've met in my time at Florida State um, as a coach, as a person, um, even as a mentor than uh, Coach Randy Sanders. We came along in uh, 20, 2012, or spring of 2013, he arrived, um, fall of 2013, me and you got the chance to work with him and uh, be his equipment guy. And uh, he was just, you know, he's the nicest guy ever. And he, uh, like a father figure to us, um, our Tallahassee dad. 
Absolutely. I agree with that. We were able to also uh, spend Thanksgiving at his house with him and his family. Oh, yeah. Uh, which was a great meal prepared by his his wife and daughter. So, you know, that was really nice. I do agree. Coach Sanders definitely had to be my favorite. Um, you know, just just an all-around great guy, and he's been blessed with the opportunity now as a head coach at East Tennessee. So, you know, good luck to him. They're actually playing really good right now, um, So, and that's under his guidance. So I think it's really great. Um, of course, you know, we had our favorite coach. What about favorite players? Name me some favorite players of yours. Yeah, first person again that comes to mind. Favorite player, got to be uh, number, I don't even know what number he wore, 35? Oh, Nick O'Leary? Yes. Yes. Yeah, sorry, I had a little, uh, couldn't think of his number for a second, oh. but uh, it, it goes to show. But no, Nick O'Leary, definitely favorite player, loved the attitude, his mindset, thought alike, loved it. Yeah, you know, and, and, you know, I put probably in like a top three, I'd go, you know, Nick O'Leary, I'd say Sean McGuire, Jacob Coker, all great guys. Um, guys. You know, Kermit Whitfield's probably, we're his favorite more than likely, um, (laughs) because he always used to joke around about how, you know, Jupiter was better than Key West and then vice versa. Um, But he was a great guy too. At that time, he was only a freshman, so... He had a lot of learning to do, but I'd say Kermit Whitfield was probably, you know, a little bit more of a comedian than a favorite player. But, um, you know, I would just say, though, all around great guys, great athletes, great people to be around. I mean, of course, there were some hype guys. There were some quiet guys. um, But, of course, guys who like to win, guys who like to play, play ball, you know, and. So and of course, we got me and you were fortunate enough to be around Jameis Winston, Heisman Trophy, uh, everything like that we actually got to touch the Heisman Trophy which not many people can say that they did but uh uh but we were fortunate enough to do that so so what do you see man for the future at at Penn what do you see in the future for the Penn Quakers you know I don't like to look too much into it I like to take it week by week um you know from what I see I it's a different style of football man we you know granted I'm only four to five years older, even six years older than, than the kids on this team here at Penn. But mm-hmm. uh, times have changed, man. I don't want to get really into it, but uh, they need uh, we need a little bit more fight from the guys, a little bit more of uh, togetherness, which, uh, you know, I try to preach. You know, I, I'm just the equipment guy. You know, I let the coaches do all that. That's obviously their job. Right. Um, but I, I like to give them stories of, you know, times at Florida State, um, from that magical 2013 season, mm-hmm. um, I think that's the re- you know helped propel us to an undefeated season. I think it wasn't just the uh, the talent we had on the field that helped us uh, go undefeated. I think it was also how close knit of a family we were, and right. uh, the Penn Quaker football team uh, needs more of that. Um, but with that being said, you know every day I see it more and more. So right. that's where. Uh, well, other than the University of Penn, one of the most prestigious um, universities in the United States and one of the most local guys that I know, um, straight out of Palm Beach County, Jupiter, Florida, how is the city of brotherly love treating you? Man, yeah, you you got that right, man. I'll tell you, it's, uh, it's been a little, it was a little challenging at first, man. Like you said, I'm a beach bomb, man. Yeah. There's nothing better to me than sitting on the beach, cracking up in a cold one. Absolutely. But, uh, yeah, but, uh, you know, I live in the heart of Philly, 
um, city of brotherly love. I don't really see that. (laughs) It's a little different, but uh, no, it's pretty sweet, man. It's definitely pretty awesome to experience living on my own up here um, in a, you know, it's actually the fifth largest city in America. Um, Lots to do. I mean, granted, I'm working football, you know, nonstop, so the free time I get, you know, sometimes I'll veg out and watch TV, but uh, when I get in the mood, I'll go out, you know, have some fun, so it's pretty sweet, man. Good, good. And, you know, to be honest with you, I'm happy for you. I'm proud of you. As a friend, as a lifelong friend, as a as a brother, um, I congratulate you on everything, and I, and I think it's great, and I uh, I really appreciated having you on the show, my man. Yeah, man. Hey, it's been awesome. So keep right. on doing you, my man. That's right, brother. You too. So to take a break from sports a little bit, I know. Um, Last episode, I took a break to shout out, you know, and give my condolences to Mac Miller. Um, but this week, I want to talk about music for the fact that three uh, brand new albums just dropped. If I missed one, my apologies. But the ones that I know of, of course, Eminem's new album, Lil Wayne's new album, Kevin Gates' new album. Uh, from what I read up, Meek Mill is dropping a new album in a matter of weeks. Um, I've listened to the three albums that I mentioned. I like Eminem's. It's pretty much a pretty much a diss album to everybody. But of course, I've always liked uh, Eminem's music. It's you know he gets me hype. You know of course they got "Lose Yourself" and um, and some other songs that get, really get me really get me hype, really get me going. And of course, you got Lil Wayne, who's always been a favorite of mine um, with all his songs that he has. And uh, Kevin Gates, um, listen to his as well. His music is a little bit different for me. I do enjoy it. There are some songs that I enjoy. Uh, but, you know, it, it's a little bit different for me, but I liked it. I enjoyed it. Uh, I do like Meek Mill, of course. I'm excited to hear his new album here. And according to him, a matter of weeks. But, you know, growing up, of course, I was listening to all types of music, of course, as a, as a young buck when... Uh, you know, me and my mom would take road trips. I'll admit, back then, you know, the hot artists were, and this is before I got into rap music or country music, but the hot hop, or excuse me, the hot artists then were, you know, Backstreet Boys and Sync, and you know, me and my mom would jam out to that during road trips and stuff like that. But you know, over time, transitioned, you know, into the into the rap game. To be honest, when I got to Tallahassee, I was still enjoying rap then I got into country of course and now I think I like country more than especially the new rap because all that mumble that ain't for me man you know and because when I was growing up and you know through middle school and through high school and even early in college you know when rappers rap they rapped about something even though I couldn't associate the stuff that they rapped about but you know there was actually meaning in their rap but now you just got all this mumble stuff and they talk about this car and that car and this drug and that drug you can't even really understand what they're saying anyway but music to i mean my favorite music is any music that's going to get my foot tapping if if it taps my foot if if it gets my head non then then i really enjoy it if it can get my hips moving i'm all about it if it gets me on the dance floor i'm all about it but you know growing up i just i enjoyed you know some some r&b from usher 
um, from Chris Brown when he was young, getting hot. Um, you know, you got Ja Rule, Fat Joe. You know, of course, Biggie Smalls and Tupac died when I was young. But, of course, their music has never died. So, in all honest with you, my favorite song is Big Papa by Notorious B.I.G. So, I still appreciate, you know, old older rap, you know, with Notorious B.I.G. And, and um, the Bad Boy label. And, of course, Tupac. And, and you know, old school Snoop Dogg. Even new school Snoop Dogg. Um, the Game, 50 Cent. Like I said, Eminem. Lil Wayne. Of course, Drake was coming up when I was in high school. Um you know, you got all these rappers that I've enjoyed. Uh, I mean, Akon, Nelly, uh, you know, and, and not just rap, but R&B and, and hip-hop and whatnot. You know, so, and there's plenty more to name, but I just, you know, I, I love music. I love dance music. Of course, Latin music really gets me on the dance floor, really gets me moving. Um, country music, I've, I've come to enjoy country music. I, I think it's really... You know, to be honest with you, it's calming sometimes. It's it's nice to just kind of slow it down instead of, of course, the upbeatness of all the rap songs that I mean that I listen to. I mean, I'll I'll go back and search artists on my Apple Music and just listen to that. I don't even listen to the new stuff anymore. I mean, the newer rappers like Migos, I I enjoyed them, but like all them other ones that you can't really even you don't understand where they get their names from. I don't I don't really enjoy their music, but you know I've. I've come to like all types of music, like some that'll get me hype, some that'll get me chilled down, some that just, you know, when you're relaxing either, you know, at home and on the couch or even by the pool or, or what have you, just kind of, or even doing housework, just kind of the different music that'll get you going, um, you know, but I love music, always have loved music, Is like I said, as long as it gets my foot tapping, I'm about it. You know, I mean, we even used to rap back in the day, so that was always fun, too. We would just do silly things, silly songs, stuff like that. Um, but in my honest opinion, I think if JMG got together for one more hit uh, and then call it quits, I think that'd be fun. But anyway, I, I enjoy music. I love music. I sing along. I mean, even during the day when I'm walking around and somebody says something or I read something and there's those like exact lyrics in a song, I'll break out in song. I mean... I just I just sing throughout the day just to just to kind of get my day moving, uh, get my day going. I mean, I even I probably even sing when I get up in the morning. I'm not really sure, but um, I just I've always enjoyed music. I love music, and whatever gets me whatever gets me dancing. Since music does, um, you know, take my take my heart back home, I'm gonna take it back home, and of course, talking about H.O.B. football, Kong football. Them HOB Bucks, them boys are four and oh. They just beat Doral Academy last week, fifty-five to nothing. They take on University School at the backyard, uh, actually tomorrow, October third. So that should be a fun one. Um, them boys are doing their thing over there, and uh, I'm excited for them. You know, like I said last time, I'm excited for Coach Cho- Coach John Grimsey, who was my co- offensive line coach back in high school. Great guy. Um, even just as he's a great coach, even better guy. So, um, uh, I'm excited for them called football sitting at four and two, um, big bounce back when they were on a two game, um, two game slide. Uh, but they got a nice little 42 to three win, a little bounce back win over the South last week. They take on uh, North Broward prep. Who's also in that Southeastern, uh, football conference with them. Uh, the two teams have played. Um, for a few years now, um, dating back to their time in the Gold Coast Conference 
Gold Coast Football Conference, which was not part of the FHSA. Um, but now we're both part of the FHSA, both, again, part of the same conference. And uh, we, uh, like I said, wins have been back and forth up there, down in Key West, you know, what have you. Um, but that should be a fun one. Uh, that's actually at home, uh, I think, this year, too, as well. Um, but since it is um, Florida State-Miami rivalry week, we do have a few um, Key West High School alumni who played football at the at University of Miami. To go along with George Myra, who I mentioned in my first episode, you got Robert Speedy Neal. He played ball uh, in the early 80s, was part of the 1983 uh, National Championship team at Miami. He put up some decent stats. Um, in 1981, it was his uh, freshman year. He only got one touchdown. But in 1982, he got seven touchdowns, one receiving touchdown. Um, and then 1983, put up six touchdowns. Um, nothing too, too crazy. Um, but back then, offenses were running a little different. I mean, they had some good quarterbacks back in the early 80s, too. So they probably threw the ball a lot more. Um, but since, you know, he was a decent player, he got drafted in the third round in the 1984 NFL draft. Um, by the Buffalo Bills. Uh, and he played in all 12 of those games for the Buffalo Bills, uh, including two starts, but that one year was uh, the end of his NFL career. And, of course, a guy I know personally, Mr. Danny Mariscal, who coached me back in Little League. He also played at the University of Miami from 1984 to 1986. Uh, he's a frequent goer of University of Miami home games. Of course, alumni, big, uh, big supporter, big fan uh like I said, he played from 1984 to 1986. Didn't play much his freshman year, uh, but in 1985, his sophomore year, he played in 10 games, had eight total tackles. Uh, in 1986, he played in all 12 games and uh, had nine total tackles. Played in both the Fiesta Bowl and the Sugar Bowl, um, so I think that's pretty cool. Um, but there's just some there's some alumni, and uh, of course, uh, there'll be plenty, plenty. Like I said, plenty, plenty uh, Key West people at that Florida State-Miami game this weekend. Before, you know, I get into some NFL and some uh, fantasy football, of course, we all know as sports fans, October baseball, playoff baseball. Of course, the tiebreaker games are taken care of yesterday. Uh, you got L.A. winning that one over Colorado. You got the Brewers winning the other one over the Cubs. So the Cubs and the Rockies play tonight um, in the wild card and a wild card. Uh, but of course, it's October baseball. It's always a fun time of the year. Uh, can't wait to see what happens. This is really the only time I honestly watch professional baseball uh, because there's just so many games and it's they're not on TV. They're only on TV sometimes Monday night. And then you got, you know, I got other things going and, you know, I just sometimes you just don't make it on tv and but it was cool like at work uh yesterday i was actually able to sit down and watch the whole uh whole uh cubs and brewers game which was really nice so that you know got me in the mood for october baseball so of course world series coming up soon here in the next month or so on tomorrow uh the nhl starts which of course i'm always excited about i love hockey you know capitals they took home the stanley cup last year so they'll get their rings tomorrow night um, and so hockey season getting ready to get going here, big hits, um, big goals, everything like that. And I think, you know, basketball, um, starts here in a week or so. Uh, so I'm excited for that. Go heat, go Dwayne Wade, last dance. I'm excited. All four sports are going right now and it's great. 
just getting into some NFL and some fantasy football. Fantasy football, your boy's not doing so hot right now. Two and two in two leagues and one and three in another. Not very happy. I kind of screwed myself out of a victory uh, last week by playing certain guys that I shouldn't have. Uh, But it's okay. Going to bounce back. Going to keep moving. Of course, you know, same couple dudes are putting up them big, big fantasy points. And, of course, Patrick Mahomes is just magical right now just playing lights out doing his thing i think he's really got it figured out in kansas city and in in, uh andy Reid's offense and and i think he's fun to watch he's a good player he's a good teammate everything like that and of course you know fitz magic the magic has run out um james winston is now the starting quarterback again in tampa bay so we'll see how that goes i mean he came in kind of in second half cleanup duty but i think the game was already put away against the Chicago Bears last week, but we'll see how that we'll see how that goes. Um, but big games for this week Thursday night you got Colts Patriots. I think a fun one on Sunday will be Jaguars Chiefs, especially that Jaguars defense uh, against Patrick Mahomes. Uh, Falcons Steelers in Pittsburgh. Uh, Falcons I don't I don't know what's going on there in the ATL, uh, but the Dirty Birds. The Dirty Birds aren't playing up to par right now. And now they got to go play the Steel Curtain. So we'll uh, we'll see how that one goes. You got, of course, the all you know long rivalry between the Packers and Lions. They got it going in there in Detroit. Uh, uh, big uh, 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 league conference. Sorry, matchup uh, between Ravens and Browns. Um, Got Rams, Seahawks, got Vikings, Eagles, a couple big games. That Sunday night game is Cowboys at Texans. Um, I'm not sure what's going on in Houston right now. Uh, Sean Watson isn't hurt anymore, uh, but they can't really get anything going offensively. But I think that'll still be a fun one. Uh, and then Monday night, you got Redskins at Saints. Uh, Drew Brees is 201 yards away from being the all-time leader in passing yards in the NFL. I think that's great. He's he's done it the right way his whole career. He's played the right way his whole career. He's about to pass Peyton Manning, who's also did everything correctly his his whole career. And um, you know, I think I think it's cool when you got guys like like Drew Brees and Tom Brady and Phillip Rivers, you know, still all in the same um or playing all in the same league still and uh, they're just they're still continuing to put up numbers even at their older age, you know, especially older for the NFL. But um, it's just really fun to see. And just Drew Brees, from what you can see, is a great teammate. He's a great guy. He's a role model. He's a leader, um, and he's just 201 yards away from history. So I think that'll that'll be a really fun one on uh, Monday night. But of course, hopefully my um, fantasy will will be a little bit better this week. Just some closing notes. Again, we all know Florida State Miami week. Uh, it'll be a fun one down there in a 305. Can't wait for that one. Um, I'm actually off that day, so I'm able to sit around and lounge around the house and watch football all day, and of course be be tuned into that one. Um, uh, of course, uh, NFL action, uh, playoffs for MLB, hockey starts tomorrow, basketball starts soon. So I'm just really really excited. It's about to be. All four major sports playing at the same time, so I can't wait for that. You're going to be tuning into everything pretty much every single day. Um, so go Heat. Go uh, go Dolphins, of course. 
go Florida Panthers, go Lightning, go uh, Las Vegas, Golden Knights.